It's time now for the complete story with Rich and Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Rich and Dick Bott with today's complete story. I tell you what, uh, Rich, uh, we are just moving very rapidly now. Here is Memorial Day. I mean, my goodness, time passes. Uh, the days become weeks, the weeks become months, and the months become years. But here we are on Memorial Day. Uh, nine, uh, 2017, it goes by pretty quick, doesn't it? Well, it sure does. It's Memorial Day. And you know what? And people oftentimes forget what it is that we're supposed to memorialize on Memorial and Day. And you know, that's what I was really thinking about. How many people really know the history of Memorial Day, how it happened, where it came from, or anything like that? Now, here we have the president, President Donald Trump, uh, making this this tremendous tour starting in Saudi Arabia. Rich, there were 50 Saudi Arabian nations represented there, uh, eager to hear what he had to say. Did you see the applause when he, and he didn't mince his words, did he? No, it was very, very diplomatic, very powerful, strong, and it showed strong leadership. And then he went straight on to Israel. Mm -hmm. The first time in history there has been a direct flight from Saudi Arabia straight to Israel, uh, nonstop. Now, of course, it wasn't an airline. That isn't the point. It still is the first time there was a direct flight between those two countries. Uh, and that was, that was also very important. And then he went on to Rome to uh, talk to the Pope and meet the Pope. So this is quite interesting in the history of our country. And then on to Brussels uh, to meet with the U.N. You know, one thing that I thought was very interesting is he said, especially to the Saudi Arabians, but also to Israel, uh, he said, you know, gentlemen, I mean, he just talked to them. I mean, it was kind of like a complete story, wasn't it? He just talked to them uh, that there is no solution without peace. Because anything other than peace is only death. And when he made the statement, what we really have going on in the world is a war between good and evil. And a death and destruction is uh, what the terrorists seem to want. But we have to lay that aside. And if we're going to have peace, that will be how we will end up with children and families and people growing up. Now, um, as it pertains to America, I um, am very taken with what uh, President Ronald Reagan said. And I'm, and I'm reading a quote. He said, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will become one nation gone under uh, do you remember when he said that, Rich? I don't know if you remember that or not. I remember he was president then. All right. Well, let's see. Let's talk about Memorial Day. Let's let's bring everybody up. Let's give them a little history lesson. Let's talk about Memorial Day. Uh, let me just say this in opening here. For nearly 150 years, Americans have gathered in late spring to honor the sacrifice of those who have given their lives in the service of our country. What began with dozens of informal commemorations of those killed in the Civil War has now grown to become one of the nation's most solemn and hallowed um, holidays. 
from its earliest uh, incarnation as Decoration Day to the modern-day observances, check out some surprising facts about the history of Memorial Day. Uh, give our give our audience one of those facts, Rich. Okay, well, here's one of the facts about Memorial Day that you may not realize. One of the earliest commemorations was organized by recently freed slaves. As the Civil War neared its end, thousands of Union soldiers held as prisoners of war were herded into a series of hastily assembled camps in Charleston, South Carolina. Conditions at one camp, a former racetrack near the city's citadel, were so bad that nearly 250 prisoners died from disease or exposure and were buried in a mass grave behind the track's grandstand. Three weeks after the Confederate surrender, an unusual procession entered the former camp. On May 1, 1865, more than 1,000 recently freed slaves Accompanied by regiments of the U.S. colored troops, including the Massachusetts 54th Infantry, and a handful of white Charlestonians gathered in the camp to consecrate a new proper burial site for the Union dead. The group sang hymns, gave readings, and distributed flowers around the cemetery, which they dedicated to the martyrs of the race course. Yeah. And then it was some time later, you see, that the Confederate soldiers' graves were honored also for people who fought for what they believed was right. But isn't that interesting? Just stop and think now. When did that take place when the freed slaves gathered to commemorate those who had given them what? Freedom. That's right. Freedom. Th- those had, that gave, as I think it was um, the, uh, President Abraham Lincoln said, the last full measure of devotion. They gave their life. Yeah. And, and you see, you can just imagine, you can just imagine uh, what that meant and how that happened. What year did that take place? Well, that was right after the war uh, concluded in 1865. Let's start out here with a tribute uh, to Memorial Day by Ronald Reagan. Here it is. Sometime back, I received in the name of our country the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of a serviceman, for we're never quite good enough to them. Not really, we can't be, because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is Remember, it is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives the one they were living, and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and 
what they did and why they had to be brave for us. You know, Rich, who was it who first said freedom is never free? Freedom is never free. As long as the human condition exists, and it will until the Lord comes. Uh, why, we will have to. Each generation, each generation must secure their own freedom and protect it. And that's the way it's always been. Well, let's go on with our with our uh, Memorial Day history lesson here. Okay, well this says that the holiday's founder had a long and distinguished career. In May 1868, General John A. Logan, the commander-in-chief of the Union Veterans Group known as the Grand Army of the Republic, G.A.R., issued a decree that May 30th should become a, na a nationwide day of commemoration for the more than 620,000 soldiers killed in the recently ended Civil War. On Decoration Day, as Logan dubbed it, Americans should lay flowers and decorate the graves of the war dead, whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in the land. That's in quotes. That's what he said. According to legend, Logan chose May 30th because it was the rare day that didn't fall on the anniversary of a Civil War battle, though some historians believe the date was selected to ensure that flowers across the country would be in full bloom. After the war, Logan, who had served as a U.S. congressman before resigning to rejoin the Army, returned to his political career eventually serving in both House and Senate, and was the unsuccessful Republican candidate for vice president, for vice president in 1884. When he died two years later, Logan's body laid in state in the rotunda of the United States Capitol, making him one of just 33 people to have received that honor. Today, Washington, D.C.'s Logan Circle and several townships across the country are named in his honor, the honor of this champion of veterans and those killed in battle. Yeah. Um, the soldiers uh, that go off to war to secure our freedom, uh, those that are injured, those that lose their lives, those who are just gone away from their families for that extended period of time under unbelievable stress, uh, we don't really acknowledge them like we should. I suppose that's why Memorial Day is so important, far more important than a picnic, than just a holiday. Let's have a trip to the beach type mentality. We really should have a time in everyone's family when they think about those who sacrificed and paid the price that we may now, Rich, one of the things I'm so grateful for is religious freedom. Religious freedom in America to serve God as we ought, you see, as we ought free to speak of our Christian faith in America. That's another thing that we need to protect and other things that are coming down the pike right now. 
What else do we have there in well, the yeah, history of this? You know, it reminded me, uh, President Ronald Reagan said that freedom is always one generation away from extinction. But we do need to preserve it and protect it and fight for it. Here, now, thus, uh, we, we talked about General Logan. Yeah. It says here, General Logan probably adapted the idea from earlier events in the South, even before the war ended. Women's groups from across much of the South were gathering informally to decorate the graves of the Confederate dead. In April 1886, the Ladies Memorial Association in Columbus, Georgia, resolved to commemorate the fallen once a year, a decision that seems to have influenced John Logan to follow suit, according to his own wife. However, Southern commemorations were rarely held on one standard day, with observations differing by state and spread out across much of the spring and early summer. It's a tradition that continues today. Nine Southern states officially recognize a Confederate Memorial Day, with events held on Confederate President Jefferson Davis' birthday, the day on which General Thomas Stonewall Jackson was killed, or to commemorate other symbolic events. Yeah. I read uh, just not too long ago. Now, do you remember John Wayne? You know, I'm, he's he's more my generation, maybe than no, no. John the Wayne, Duke. The Duke. Matter of fact, there's an airport in Anaheim, California. I think John Wayne International Airport, isn't it? Yes. But he was the cowboy. He was the tall and the saddle guy. But you know, I read just a while ago that before he died, he confessed his faith in Jesus Christ. It was something in an article, someone that was there and knew about that. But anyway, John Wayne, all through his career, was thought of as the guy, the guy who was tall in the saddle. But he recorded something that I have always kept uh, where he says, why I love America. Here it is. You ask me why I love her? Well, give me time. I'll explain. Have you seen a Kansas sunset or an Arizona rain? Have you drifted on a bayou down Louisiana way? Have you watched the cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay? Have you heard a Bob White calling in the Carolina Pines? Or heard the bellow of a diesel at the Appalachia Mines? Does the call of the Niagara thrill you when you hear her waters roar? You look with awe and wonder at her Massachusetts shore where men who braved a hard new world first stepped on Plymouth Rock. Do you think of them when you stroll along a New York City dock? Have you seen a snowflake drifting in the Rockies way up high? Have you seen the sun come blazing down from the Right, Nevada sky. You hail to the Columbia as you rush into the sea, or how you're headed Gettysburg, our struggle to be free. Have you seen the mighty Tetons? You watched an eagle soar. Have you seen the Mississippi roll along Missouri's shore? Have you felt a chill at Michigan when on a winter's day her waters rage along the shore in thunderous display? Does the word aloha make you warm? 
You stare in disbelief when you see the surf come roaring in at Waimea Reef. From Alaska's cold to the Everglades, from the Rio Grande to Maine, my heart cries out, my pulse runs fast at the might of her domain. You ask me why I love her? I have a million reasons why. My beautiful America, beneath God's wide, wide sky. A little later, we're going to have Charlie Pride, I think it is, sing uh, America uh, in the way that he does it, because it reminds each of us that we all came from somewhere. Uh, we all came from somewhere. But America is uh, America. Not to come here and bring your law, whether it's Sharia law or anything else, with you. No, 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 no. I wish we had time to use the audio that I have of the judge that is that is receiving um, immigrants into United States citizenship. Isn't that beautiful, the way he tells them, you know? Now you are Americans, and do you renounce allegiance to everywhere from where you have come? Because now you are Americans. Listen to this Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh man, oh man, uh, just listen to those words. Rich, just listen to those words. I'm going to ask our producer to cue that back up again. I want the listeners to listen to every word. See, one nation, one nation under God. See, listen to this, folks. Here it is again. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You see, we can disagree with each other and we can have differing opinions. We can, uh, matter of fact, I don't know if I'll get into it on this program or not, but I wanted to discuss some of the things that are so controversial right now. But my word, we are Americans. Rich, have a, let's have a little more Memorial Day history. Okay. Now, you know what? That it didn't become a federal holiday until 1971. That's a date that most of us can remember. But Americans embraced the notion of Decoration Day immediately. That first year, more than 20... 27 states held some sort of ceremony, with more than 5,000 people in attendance at the, at the ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery. 
So that's what is in 1886. By 1890, every former state of the Union had adopted it as its official holiday. But for more than 50 years, the holiday was used to commemorate just those killed in the Civil War, not in any other American conflict. It wasn't until America's entry into World War I that the tradition was expanded to include those killed in all wars. And Memorial Day was not officially recognized nationwide until the 1970s, with America deeply embroiled in the Vietnam War. Uh, all wars, not until World War I. See, I remember talk. I was born in 1933, but I remember talk. They said World War I was going to be the great war to end all wars. But you see, as human nature across the globe um, is what it is, there will be the need to protect freedom uh, in each generation and at any expense. Freedom is worth protecting. What else do you have there? Well, you know what? Um, although the term Memorial Day was used from the beginning in the 1880s, the holiday was officially known as Decoration Day, you know, as we decorate the graves of the soldiers for more than a century. And then it was changed by federal law. Four years later, the Uniform Monday Holiday Act of 1968 finally went into effect, moving Memorial Day from its traditional observance on May 30th, regardless of the day of the week, to a set day the last day, the last Monday in May. So anyway, that's uh, all very interesting. But I wanted to say one thing here, Dad, if I could close with this thought, that Memorial Day traditions have evolved over the years. Despite the increasing celebration of the holidays as a summer rite of passage, there are some... There are some formal rituals still on the books. The American flag should be hung at half-staff until noon on Memorial Day, then raised to the top of the staff. And since 2000, when the U.S. Congress passed legislation, all Americans are encouraged to pause for a national moment of remembrance a national moment of remembrance at 3 p.m. local time. The federal government has also used the holiday to honor non-veterans. The Lincoln Memorial was dedicated on Memorial Day in 1922. And I want to tell all of our radio listeners that you can listen on Memorial Day Monday at 3 p.m. as we have a special Memorial Day observance broadcast, just a short moment of memorial remembrance. I tell you what, Rich, is this discussion is gone on here. I want the listeners again to hear what it means to become a United States citizen. What it become what it means to just come to America legally by the way, legally. Come on, come legally. Uh, we're a nation of order and uh, we can change our laws if we should, but in the meantime they are the law. So anyway, this is what it means to become a United States citizen. Here it is. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state or sovereignty, of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen, that I will support and defend 
The Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by the law, that I will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required by the law, that I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by the law, and that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. So help me God. I welcome you all to the fabric of American society as American citizens. You may wave that flag. It is That's just great. I love that you can imagine they all have little American flags. He said, you can wave that flag. It's yours. It's yours. Here's Charlie Rich to sing about it. You know, in the bayous of Louisiana, cowboy pay. That's what the Cajuns say. And in New York's Little Italy, Que Bella Terra. That's how they say it their way. And in the beer halls of Milwaukee, you'll hear the words, Vishandasland. And it's Kalindo Pais. That's what you'll hear them say along the border down by the Rio Grande. You know, there's a lot of ways to say it, and it's a privilege to play it. Because a lot of good people earned it. And this is how I learned it. Oh, beautiful, for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties.
And, and I tell you what, Rich, isn't it wonderful to be able to preach the gospel and have religious freedom to win people to the Lord, to uh, to show the love of Christ, uh, not to coerce them, not to force them, not to drag them or get into big arguments, but just be a witness for the King of Kings. Happy Memorial Day weekend, and we thank those that have given their life to protect our freedoms. This is Dick and Rich Bott uh, with this chapter, The Complete Stories of Public Service, folks, and I'll see you later. <laughs>